Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Um, it's been been we took last week off, but we're back. Ashton, how are you doing? Yeah, doing good. Uh, a little under the weather last week, but yeah, feeling better and, and ready to go again. All right. Today we're going to do our state of the program pod about Georgia. Ashton is a Georgia fan, as our listeners well know. Um, so. I guess I'll just start with kind of the newest stuff. I mean, what are you hearing about spring ball practice, spring game? What What is the newest? What are the tidbits you can give us as an as an inside Georgia fan? So, so it wouldn't be a real Georgia team with a little bit of quarterback controversy, <laughs> right? So let's just start there. I think we had so the spring game was two weeks ago. Um, Georgia spring game was and. There was so Stetson Bennett is back again for his fifteenth year in in college. <laughs> is yeah, he he is he is an entrenched starter. Most people would believe. Most people would believe. And and but there is an element out there that think that Carson Beck, who um, has had a terrific spring by all accounts, he's blown people away. Is Carson Beck is really kind of closing the gap there on Stetson Bennett, causing a little bit of um, yeah more controversy as if we needed any more but during the spring game it did feel like Carson okay he popped he really did Carson Beck has had a phenomenal spring spring game included he can make more big time throws than Stetson Bennett can he made a lot of really good decisions um and that that we saw and, and I mean Carson Beck he was highly rated you know coming out of high school right and then he's kind of been under the radar like he he wasn't yeah just He's been the, he, so he's been in the program for two years now, two full years, mm-hmm. um, and and so he's not he's not a new face. He's not he's not someone that you know people are still buzzing about. He's kind of sat there for a little bit. Now he's making kind of making a reappearance, and I think that that's probably the interesting thing. And for a Georgia fan, that's probably the thing to keep your eye on is just how that goes, quarterback mm-hmm. controversy wise. Like where does I mean Kirby said after the game that the team knows. Kirby doesn't actually care about the performance. I just want to, I just want to point this out. Kirby really cares about how the team is rallying around and the team has been with Stetson Bennett. I mean, for a while now, right? Yeah. So is there, is there a real controversy? Maybe, maybe not. Is there, is it something to keep your eye on? I think you should. I think you should because he clearly outplayed him. And whenever you have a quarterback outplaying people on national TV, that gets a little interesting for the coaching staff. Sure. So like how, <laughs> because I do think there is an element where the team will know, like if, if Beck or whoever is clearly out playing Bennett, sure. they will know, right? Like, yeah. but, but also there is something to like, they, they want a national title with Stetson. Um, like how yeah. much do you think Stetson has to be outplayed by this fall even? to actually lose the job or, or even maybe another question. And, and this might be more realistic is split snaps or, or, you know, give, give a few meaningful snaps to Beck or whoever. Yeah, no, that's, 
I mean, I think that's that's a really good question. It's a question that no one really knows, to be honest with you. No one actually has an exact answer sure. as to what it would take for Bennett to lose his job because we all thought he should have lost it last year. Like we, yeah. should, we thought he had it last year, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah, those that that sentiment is still there a little bit with some Georgia fans, um, myself included, that feel that you know there there are others there that are maybe more talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the leash got a lot longer for Stetson Bennett. Winning a national championship will do that for you. So I mean, yeah, like I who who knows? The correct answer there is is who really knows? But I imagine that it's going to be a considerable leash for Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. I think Stetson the the week one starter. I think he's probably the starter for most, if not all, of the year. I can't imagine a scenario. No one on Georgia's schedule is really going to be able to beat Georgia. I don't mm-hmm. think. Like, even though Georgia's not as good as they were last year, I don't really see any true competitors in their regular season schedule. They could get upset. That's possible. But they should win their games. They should win their games. And you're not going to be able to bench, bench a Heisman – or sorry, not a Heisman, a national championship quarterback if you're still – continuing to win your games right that makes sense so maybe we're just moving on to some of the other positions um obviously you lost Jermaine Burton the receiver um to Alabama Mm -hmm. and we all know about the insanely loaded tight end room um you have what two extremely proven guys and two guys who were all who were both like the top guy in their class or, or close to it one including a true freshman I believe I, I can't remember all the names, but I just know it's ridiculously loaded. Do you yeah. think like how much do you how much do you expect tight ends to play out outside this year? Do you think there will be receivers that can replace Burton? It, it's all kind of related because I know it's you know it's different positions, but also they they kind of do the same thing in some ways. Correct. No, they do. I think I think the the, the tight end group is so good. Like, like we haven't really even talked about Eric Gilbert coming back, came yeah. back and in the game, caught two touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Um, he figures to be a, a force um, this year for Georgia receiving. There's talk of splitting him out wide, not always keeping him in tight as a tight end, but actually playing him as kind of a receiver um, role a little bit. So that's interesting. Losing Burton, this sounds biased. I don't think Georgia will really miss him that much. That sounds really bad. I understand how that sounds. But you look at like Kyrus Jackson is back, right? Um, Ad Mitchell has mm-hmm. who had the really good title game, right? The really good playoff game is improving. He's the guy. He's the number one receiver for Georgia, um, and I don't think I think he is um, wide receiver one. That's that's without question. You'll have Brock Bowers back, who's probably the best tight end in the country, um, who really gets a lot of touches. Bowers gets a lot of touches outside, not just in a in a tight end role, but actually. Like a lot of the the wide receiver screens that would be going to someone like Jermaine Burton, Bowers catches a ton of those. Bowers catches a ton of of, of little screens and stuff underneath. So, I, I I really don't. I think I think Georgia has a lot of depth. Like uh, outside of the names that we've already mentioned, you're all, you. I mean, you can also throw in, yeah. I mean, just the one of. I mean, Arian Smith is coming back from injury. Who is? I mean, he was like I think the fastest man in his class. Um, yeah, two years ago. So. They have a lot of elite speed um, and, and really good young talent there. Lad McConkey, another name that we yeah, didn't really talk about that much, has also had a pretty solid year last year in spot duty. So Jermaine Burton leaving, it, it hurts because he went to Alabama. That's yeah. why it hurts. 
But outside of that, is it a huge, like, is it a huge loss? No. Like someone was going to go from that. Someone was always going to transfer out. It happened to be, you hate to see him go, especially there. But yeah, so not a huge, I don't think Georgia fans are promoting the fact that the tight end group alone, Georgia has four tight ends that could start for most people, four of them. And yeah, I think Brock Bowers, it's a, I think Brock Bowers might have been the lowest recruited out of all those. <laughs> so they, they're loaded. Oscar Delp is the freshman that had a really good spring as well. And is kind of, he's kind of, he kind of looks like Bowers even. They're kind of like the same guy. Um, just, yeah, big kids that can just fly. But so I think from skill position, Georgia's done a good job at kind of catching up to the rest of college football at the perimeter positions. I think they have really as deep, of a tight end receiver room as anyone does right now. And, and I think Georgia fans in general feel pretty good about that. I think Georgia fans feel better about the offense, even with Stetson Bennett than they have in years past. I think this could be one of the better offenses, offensive years for Georgia. Yeah, that makes sense. Any concern about the offensive line at all? And uh, am I correct in thinking that Amarius Mims came back like out of the portal? Is that right? He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Amarius Mims. Uh, former what five star number yeah. one over number one tackle I believe in his class I think he was um, had has had entered the portal and then I think he spent just a couple of weeks in there and then um, re recommitted to Georgia and with the t- so uh, I don't think the part this actually, I don't know if that means a whole lot for this year he wasn't getting much playing time but um, I do think that it's it's nice to have that depth is key we talk about depth a lot and yeah Georgia will have to replace there Georgia will have a little bit of maybe a little uncertainty with the market after leaving um you're yeah you but I think Georgia has Georgia has guys there that are kind of going to step up and um step into that role a little bit Broderick Jones really looks like he'll be stepping into like that next elite left tackle role so yeah I think overall offense Georgia fans feel good the running backs are I mean as good as always they're yeah mm-hmm. no no problem they're just kind of next man up mentality um after lo- losing yeah James Cook and Samir White in this past year so yeah no real I don't think really worries there like barring cluster injuries or something like I think I think I'm optimistic I'm really optimistic for Georgia's offense this year sure so that leaves the defense obviously you guys lost about 19 first round picks or so um, yeah. <laughs> well, is this just like plug in the next five star and it'll be fine or are there some legit concerns on the defensive side this year so it's not going to be as good like the defense isn't going to be as good but they could still be the best defense in college football like <laughs> like that's that's the truth nolan yeah. smith is huge um just a really good edge rusher that has experience and is a, just a leader that's a big deal i think Losing all the linebackers, losing all the linebackers, that hurt. I think, like, when you have, yeah, Quay Walker and the Kobe Dean, uh, Channing Tendall is also gone. Like, lo- lo- it's hard to lose that many and just be, like, okay with it all because of just the experience they had, that was, like, that was really unique. But there's some – there's there's going to be some young guys that are going to kind of try to step into that place. Um, Small Mondon is, mm-hmm. is one guy. Former five star. I mean, like most of these guys are five stars. Yeah, like we're not we're not kidding ourselves here. But like, yeah, he'll be one of them. Um, Jamon Dumas Johnson, um, um, a young kid that is really like kind of flashed. He's 
maybe not as highly ranked, maybe not the name that people expect to see for the next, you know, Georgia linebacker, but um, he's, he's been playing really well. And I think he might end up starting uh, at one of the middle linebacker positions. So, yeah, I think it'll be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see who all starts for the defense, but Jalen Carter's still there. Yeah. Nolan Smith. We talked about Nolan Smith. They're still there. Those are first round draft picks probably. So, you know, and those are, that's, that's just in your lines. So you're going to have a good defensive line and you'll probably have a pretty good secondary. Keely Ringo, the famous Keely Ringo, right. Is he's just a sophomore now. So I think he's a redshirt sophomore, but yeah, like he's, he's back again. Right. And he will probably be cornerback number one. So it's, it's going to take a step back. There's no question. You can't expect to hold people to, you know, four points a game or whatever. It wasn't that, but I think it was like 10 or 10 or 11. It's, you're not able to do that again. That's not going to happen. People mm-hmm. will be able to run the ball occasionally. <laughs> that probably <laughs> will happen, but it's not going to be a big drop off. It's not going to be a big drop off. Um, it's not going to be special like it was where you can just win a championship behind it. Um, like it was last year, but it will still be really good probably the best in the sec and a chance to be one of the best nationally as well yeah so let's talk about this upcoming season just schedule wise a little bit just kind of looking over georgia's schedule the big non-conference game is oregon of course opening weekend um is that a true home game or is that a neutral site for georgia Neutral site. That one's in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. So it will essentially be a Georgia home game. <laughs> well, yeah, fair but enough. We'll see. But then Samford and Kent State are the other non-conference as well as Georgia Tech. Um, and then your your draw from the West. Let's see. Oh. Auburn, as always. Oh. And Mississippi it's, State. Yeah. yeah. So you got to feel like pretty good about your con- or about your conference schedule, at least. How do you feel about your schedule as a whole? So, okay, so this is interesting. Like, I'm a Georgia fan, and and we don't know how to deal with success. Like, we've never had <laughs> this an off season. It's been great, but like, so like that's the question. Is like, what do you like? How do you approach next year? Like, we've never, I've never done this before. Like, I don't know. Like, like what's my expectation here? Like, do am I going to be mad if we, you know, go ten and two? Like, like where do we fit in? And then I looked at the schedule, right? I was mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, like what is success for us? You know, yeah. then you go look at the schedule and Georgia is going to be favored in all of these games. Yeah. Georgia is going to be probably a multiple score favorite in almost all of these games. Um, maybe excluding like, yeah, Tennessee and Oregon maybe, but like Georgia doesn't really have, they don't have the, the they're avoiding LSU and Alabama, right? From the West yeah. here. Um, and that the non-conference Oregon under a new coach, first year head coach, it's Dan Lanning, but it's not maybe as scary as Oregon is when they're experienced and rolling, you know, like under, mm-hmm. uh, under, uh, actual, you know, coaching staff that's been there and established. So you kind of feel good about the Oregon game. So, I mean, Georgia can, Georgia can go 12 and zero again this year. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, that's where Georgia fans get like a little like I don't know if we should be quite this optimistic, but <laughs> I think I think Georgia will win the East again. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think the gap in the East right now is fairly large between them and someone else. Um, Tennessee maybe is the second place team that, and we'll get into that maybe in some future pods about like where the you know where these conferences are. 
but Florida is is clearly in in disarray, or at least last year they were, and now they're just rebuilding under a new coach. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky is steady as always, but they haven't really proven that they have the top end ceiling mm-hmm. to go right. against Georgia, right, and take the East. So, like, who 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 should Georgia fans be scared of outside of Tennessee deciding to have just an unbelievable offense? And the answer is, I I don't know. Like, I don't really know who to be scared of. Right? Yeah, and if just looking at the schedule even a little more closely, Florida and Tennessee are both home games. Well, Florida, we mentioned- Florida, right? Florida's always a neutral side game. Oh, that's, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that one. Your, your toughest true road game is probably Kentucky or Mississippi State, maybe yeah. South Carolina if they go crazy. But that's, you know, that's any loss that Georgia has this year will be considered a significant upset. I believe. Yeah, no doubt. There's no question about it. I think Georgia might be kind of flying under the radar a little bit nationally, like from a national perspective where everyone just sees, they see all the first rounders leave, you know, and like just assume that like they can't be good again next year. But like just looking at the players, Georgia's going to be able to out any of these teams. Um, Yeah. Like a decent margin. So, yeah, if can they win the East again and go and go play Alabama again? Like I think it's a decent opportunity. But I want to say how impressive that is. Like to be able to have a historic year and lose a ton of just generational talent, like the best defensive line that we've seen in college football in a long time. You lost that. You lost all of them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to be expected to repeat. Like you're going to be hugely favored in in almost every game and expected to repeat from as from the sec east again and go play alabama SEC championship and i just want to say that, that like that's hard to do that's mm-hmm. hard to do and in defense of kirby smart like i've been hugely critical of kirby smart from time to time you're aware of this. Like, i hate how he handles quarterback situation <laughs> but there's no doubt that he's handled his roster very well from a management perspective that's there the they're just going to read like they're going to kind of reload and it sounds boring but it's true like they're going to be coming for the east and the sec again next yeah all right your april 25th prediction where does georgia's season end next year do they make the title game again do they win the title again make the playoff what what do you think right now obviously it's april 25th yeah they're they're not getting past there's there's, they're not going to win the SEC. Uh, they can win the East. I think 11 and one or 12 and 0 is. I think I think that's not unreasonable. Not unreasonable yeah. to 11 and one or 12 and 0 with a chance to beat Alabama and go to the playoff. Mm-hmm. You you put yourself in a great position if you do that. I mean that's a great opportunity to have. But I don't think they get Alabama. For me, feeling next year wrapped like I. They're able to next year without that special defense. So it's probably where they're the second best team in the SEC and one of the four best in the country. But I put the playoff next. Okay. Yeah. So just in case anybody did not hear that, it was Ashton was breaking up a little bit there. He, he his prediction is to not make the playoff. Is that correct? Correct. They I think one of the four best teams. Yeah. In the one of the four best teams, but not not a play. If that makes sense, I think they go down. 
to Alabama yeah. and don't end up making the playoff, even though they like on the field, they could probably beat most of the teams in the country. I don't think they Georgia gets in the playoff. Okay. All right. Any, any more thoughts on Georgia before we move on here? Um, I'm just excited to be here, man. I'm just, I'm just very happy <laughs> at that place. Like we could lose, you know, a couple games next year. Still good. Like I'm happy. I've got my championship. I don't need much more. I'm good for a while. You say that now. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. No, I know what you mean. I, I feel like as a as a Cubs fan, I'm still kind of cruising on 2016, and it's a little different because I don't care quite as much about baseball as I do college football. But right. there is something about that where that one championship that was you were waiting your whole life for, like that does that's that's something special. Like it's it has to be, it has to be more special than Alabama's 2017 title, or you know, like it's just another one, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on a little bit to just, uh, we don't normally talk NFL, but the NFL draft is this week and turns out college football players are the ones getting drafted in the NFL and we are a college football podcast. So I guess that's how it relates a little bit. Uh, Trayvon Walker, the Georgia defensive end slash defensive tackle is now the odds on favorite um, to be the number one pick. What do you think? Like, what's your perspective on this as a Georgia fan? Obviously, Jordan Davis was like the big name guy all season long. Um, that'll happen when you're 350 pounds and and move as, as well as he does. Um, right. And Georgia's probably likely to have three first round defensive linemen selected. Trayvon Walker, like, do you do you feel like he was the best of the bunch? Like, does this make sense to you? Okay. I love Trayvon Walker, but like he was the fourth best defensive lineman for Georgia this year. Jalen Carter was better too. You think? Absolutely. No (laughs) doubt. Like, and that's not, by the way, that's not slanderous or anything. Like Jalen Carter might go number one overall next year. Yeah. Like of all the ones in that line that I thought would go number one overall, Jalen Carter was, was it. Yeah. Um, Trevon Walker. I understand he measured well at the combine, but, and he's a great kid, no doubt. It's a little concerning that, like, he was able to feast off of not ever getting double teamed because Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Devontae Wyatt, yeah. three other first-round picks were taking up all the double teams and taking up all the attention and taking up all the all the running back assignments. They never went to Trayvon Walker. Like, he, didn't, he, never, he was never getting chipped coming off the edge, you know? Yeah. And he often had a lot of free runs to the quarterback. So – yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't take him that high. Like that mm-hmm. sounds bad. If I was a GM having watched, I probably watched almost every game Trayvon Walker has ever played in college. And I wouldn't take him there. I would probably yeah. go in a direction. And that sounds like you're being critical, but he was the fourth best defensive lineman on that line. I understand it was yeah. great. It was really good, but he was number four. Like he, he was. So yeah, I, th- that's, that's tough. That's, that's tricky. I, I know the, like, he just, he jumps out of the gym. He ran a really good 40. His three cone shuttle was apparently really, really quick for whatever that means. Um, but I can't understand. He was like, he was in the bottom half of players on that defense. He was not in the yeah. top half. Of players. He was, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. He, 
as good as Nicobe Dean. He wasn't as good as he was. I mean, you talk about the three defensive linemen that he wasn't as good as. He mm-hmm. wasn't as good as Dean. That puts him at five, right? You could argue that 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 Lewis Seen and Darian Kendrick were better than him. He possibly even Quay Walker at times. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is a guy that's in the bottom half of of that defense. How are we taking him number one? I <laughs> make it make sense for me because that's not computing. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it seems like this is a thing in the NFL draft every single year where all of us college football fans are like shaking our head. How is Daniel Jones going sixth overall? You know, that type of thing. Just there's yeah. the NFL teams seem to fall in love with a couple guys every year that don't make any sense. Uh, there's how did Deshaun Watson fall as far as he did? You know, like made no, made no sense, None. no sense at all. Um, and any college football fan could have told you that. Um, so who are the guys this year that you're seeing on mock drafts as a college football fan that you're like, that's too high, that's too low, guys you really like? Um, I, I didn't really give you much prep time on this or whatever, but yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, so Evan Neal hasn't given up a sack in like 40 something games, I think. Yeah. Like, however many, however many it was, wildly high. Yeah. And playing in the SEC, getting everyone's best shot every week. Mm-hmm. didn't give up back that's a guy that that justified like he justified where he's getting drafted for me yeah um none of the quarterbacks are first <laughs> none of them that's yeah. not bad that's not bad to say they're all massively overrated um like malik malik willis people are talking about him going in the top 10 he might go in the top 10 mm-hmm. he didn't throw a touchdown against division one competition <laughs> he played two games against them, didn't throw one touchdown. And we're going to be like, well, you know, but against NFL competition, that's going to be different. So you're going to have to spare me with some of that. There's, there's a lot of that. I'm not understanding. And it, it does. I think it makes me mad almost every April. Kind of yeah. like you said, Sean Watson was the prime example. We all knew that he should have been the number one overall pick. Anyone that watched college knew that he was top five minimum. Everyone yeah. knew that. And, and we, we just, we, we fooled ourselves into thinking that, well, you know, but like, we're, we're going to be able to take this guy. And then like, no, like he was the right pick. He should have been up higher. We all knew it. And it, it, I think it's happening again this year. Aiden Hutchison got steamrolled by Georgia steamrolled. Yeah. Like he was not a difference maker in that game. Georgia does Georgia's tackles. They're good. They're NFL tackles, but they're not like going, they're not Evan Neal. Like they're not going in the first round. These are, these guys are going third, fourth round. Yeah, completely neutralized him. So that's that's tough to watch. That is tough to watch on a game for all the, for all the marbles right there that means so much, and you just get dominated by someone mm-hmm. that's less talented than you. That's tricky for me. And yeah, I, I don't think I'd take him that high. I really don't. I'd probably go higher, maybe with the with the tackle from Alabama, a little mm-hmm. lower with the edges from Georgia and Michigan. What about Kayvon Thibodeau? How would you fit them in comparison to? Trayvon Walker, Naden Hutchinson. To like, if he even wants to play, you know. Fair. Like, <laughs> whether he even cares. Like, Ooh, harsh. For me, for oh well, no, 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 no. He's <laughs> harsh. Like, that's not. He didn't deserve that. The, I wouldn't take anyone like that in the top ten. Okay. I would. I would. If I want to draft someone in the top ten, I at least want to make sure that I'm getting their absolute best shot. Like 
they have I have all their attention and all their effort, and it's without question. These guys not only need to be studs, they also need to be leaders and set the tone because that's what's, what's going to be asked of them in, in the locker room years from now. Like you're drafting your future like faces of the program, and you don't want someone that's half in, half out. Yeah. For me, I wouldn't I wouldn't take him that high. That's probably why he's sliding a little bit. Um, if as far as a name that's sliding down that I'm mad that shouldn't be sliding down, it's Nicobe Dean. Mm. I for the life of me cannot understand. Like he may not go in the first round, and that is baffling. That is yeah. baffling. I it, it makes no sense to me. He was only the best player on the best defense we've ever seen in college football how is he not a first rounder? And I can't, apparently it's like his arms are like a little bit too short or something. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> he's tackle apparently. like his arms are too short and his range is supposedly in question. Again, I've watched every game he's ever played. Like he has unbelievable range from sideline to sideline. Some like some of the best in the country. Yeah. And he's not even going to be a first rounder. And like, he's going to be in the, he's going to be a pro for 10 years. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on the quarterbacks too. Um, I think I can see some of these guys panning out. Yeah, but there is no way I would <laughs> I would stake anything on it. Like I'm looking at a mock draft right now that has Kenny Pickett at six, Malik Willis at eight, and then the next three guys: <laughs> Derek Stingley, Garrett Wilson, and Kyle Hamilton. Like. <laughs> Those could end up being the three best players in the draft. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, there's somehow there's, there's a, I think, I think scouts do this a little bit just to feel like they're smarter than everyone else. But like, like they'll, they'll kind of drop a guy that, you know, like, oh, everyone else, everyone else really likes him. And so like, we'll kind of drop him. And then like, but you gotta, they're, they're always trying to find the ne- next Patrick Mahomes. I feel yeah. They're always looking for like the the guy with the big arm from like Wyoming or I guess Malik Willis was from Liberty, right? Yeah. Like sort of find like the unproven diamond in the rough type, and that's how they make their money. But they like they continually gloss over the guys that we know are going to be stars. Like yeah. the Deshaun Deshaun Watson was a little he had proven it too much. I think he had just proven it too much, and they had seen how good he could be, and they're like, yeah. well, that's his ceiling, you know? Like we've we've seen that, so. It, it's a, it's kind of a joke in some ways that, that these quarterbacks are going this high. I think it's just it's simply because of the market. I think like so many so yeah. many NFL are desperate for quarterbacks. You know, yeah. Because you cannot convince me that Kenny Pickett is anywhere near the level of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, yeah, coming coming out of college. Just not. It's not even the same thing. No. Yeah, and I think if I was the Panthers or the Falcons, like I would look at next year's class and see Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and be yeah. like, why do I want to be good this year? <laughs> like, let's just wait. <laughs> um, if you're in the top 10 right now, most likely you will be in the top 10 next year too. So I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm also in this mock draft I was just talking about. It's Kyle Hamilton at 11. Um, and I just want to say this as a Notre Dame fan. I realize I'm biased. Um, I watched Harrison Smith for four years. He was a first-round pick and has been like a five-time Pro Bowler or something. Kyle Hamilton is a better safety than Harrison Smith. (laughs) I'm just going to come out and say it. Like, Kyle Hamilton is the best safety I've seen in college. 
If yeah. I was betting $100 on any one of these players being a good pro, it would, I'd put it on Kyle Hamilton. I don't care that he didn't run the fastest 40 time. The guy is 6'4", and his arms yeah. are nine feet long. I mean, yeah. Falcons, go ahead and draft him, the Atlanta kid. <laughs> and then you'll probably be able to sign him for decades because he's from Atlanta and will want to play for you. Or you can draft Malik Willis and three years later regret it. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's – like, okay, so here's my here's my question. There's we've seen people, I, I don't know if you've seen uh his name's Trent McDuffie. Yeah. Um, the cornerback from Washington. Yes. He's apparently vaulted himself up into the top ten, kind of. Some people have him going ahead of Derek Stingley. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm going behind. Well, like stuff like that, like I'm just not sure about. Like, I'm really not sure about because Stingley has been so good. Like, yeah. Like when he in 2019, he was, I mean, top two, three material, like top, yeah. top five draft pick. Yeah, I, that's tough. When you see, yeah, like you mentioned, Garrett Wilson, Derek Stingley, I think Jameis Williams, that's sure. another name. Like, go, you, you want some of these guys. You want these guys on your team. You want guys on your team that can win. And this frustrates me with the Falcons. I'm a Falcons fan in the NFL. I don't care about them, but. They're always trying to draft someone from like San Francisco State or something. And, and you have like a Georgia kid or an Alabama kid sitting there and it's like, well, I already know he like go take him. We know he's good. Why don't you just draft the like go draft a whole bunch of okay? If I'm the GM of the Lions, say I'm the G the general manager of the Detroit Lions, why wouldn't I go draft six guys from the University of Alabama? Like yeah. they're, they're not going to bust very much. They're not like they're going to, you're going to hit a couple of home runs and you're going to have the rest of them that are just going to be really, really good players and starters for your team. And they're going to bring in a culture of winning. They actually know how to win. Instead they go, everyone goes and drafts their team from all, you know, four corners of the earth and tries to piece together a, a unit like George's defense. Someone should go out and try to draft all the players from Georgia's defense, like later rounds, like if you can, like get all of them, just like accumulate all of them, and try to bring some of that that chemistry to your new team. Like that's what sure. I think. Should, like, what do you have to lose if you're the Detroit Lions? And I, I think there are some GMs that clearly know what they're doing and are able to. I don't know what 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 the correct term is, but they're able to find those gems because they are good at okay so for example i'm a colts fan chris ballard a few years ago he in the second round he drafts this guy named darius leonard from south carolina state that i've never heard of in my life and the guy just turns into an all pro immediately like and if you're that good at your job you can get away with that type of thing if you're the gm of one of these teams that's constantly in the top 10 i agree with you 100 percent like Pick the best player from the best three schools for a little bit. Just like yeah. the guys yeah. that showed out on the national stage, go ahead and give them a shot. Like you, you, there might be a guy from roast beef state that'll go several picks later that will be, end up being better. But you need to raise the floor, and then you can worry about the ceiling. It's kind of the way I look at it. Raise the floor first. Completely agree. I think I think there's an epidemic of general managers trying to be smarter than the room. Yes. Trying to trying to prove that like we actually know more than everyone else. When when in reality you can either play or you can't, and mm-hmm. you will find some 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 Darius Leonard's in, in yeah. all of it. You, but your hit rate is going to be much higher 
if you draft Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State every year. It's just, yeah. it's going, to be, I'm serious. It's yeah. going to be much higher. And if you're a bad franchise, you need a higher floor. Go get those mm-hmm. guys. Like that's, that's maybe my point in all of it. And if Nicobe Dean falls out of the, the first round and the Jaguars somehow managed to pass on him twice, like they deserve everything that's coming to them. Yeah, they deserve <laughs> everything that's coming to them because they just lost the middle linebacker and they don't really have anyone that's going to step in to replace him. That's their own fault. That's their own fault. And they yeah. deserve it. And by the way, in that same draft that Chris Ballard got Darius Leonard in the first round, they went ahead and drafted Quentin Nelson, who was the most like who's from Notre Dame and like literally had highlight videos as an offensive guard on Twitter. Like that was a thing. And so, yeah, he found a, found the, the gem in the rough, whatever the phrase is. I'm just remembering it in the second round. He went, went ahead and found that guy in the first round. He just took the best player available. There's nothing wrong with that. Quentin Nelson might've been the best player in that draft. And he was yeah. the best, the best guard prospect that we've had in 10 years. Like yeah. he was, he was a slam dunk and we all knew it. Exactly. Yeah. Just don't screw up your job. <laughs> Take good players. <laughs> oh man. All right. Any, any, it's okay for college football fans to be mad at GMs. Like that's okay. <laughs> like I don't care about the NFL as much as I do college. Like I, mean, I know you don't either probably most of the people listening to the podcast don't. Um, yeah. But you still keep up with it. And you, it, it just, it really kind of chaps me when, when they, yeah. Like when, when there's guys that we know can play and we've seen them play on the big stage for weeks, you know? Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, but like this guy from way over here, like we, we like his upside. It's like, Oh, do you, <laughs> do you like his upside? Like, like I'd rather have the guy that is going to be a pro for 10 years for sure. You know what I mean? And <laughs> exactly. Trying to, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't need to get mad. It's just local rant. Um, just, yeah, just, this is from the peanut gallery, I guess, but yeah. um, just watch who drops out of the first round and watch who actually gets some of these players in the top of the second round. Mm-hmm. Those are the teams that are going to be doing well two, three, four years from now. Um, I, I think I think you can find a lot of really good talent in the second round this year, especially at like receiver, some of those places, mm-hmm. um, receiver and and even like some of the it's a fairly deep corner draft too. Yeah. So you're like you you can find some players um, that can really help you in those second third rounds. Yeah. The bottom line is zero college football fans were surprised that Deshaun Watson turned into a good quarterback, and zero college football fans were surprised that Daniel Jones has done nothing in the NFL. Like. Sometimes, sometimes it's that simple. Ask the college football fans who's good. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, anything else before we? Sorry, what? Daniel Jones was mentored by David Cutcliffe, right? And that just made him a little extra special. Yeah, and he looked kind of like Eli. Yeah, yeah, he did. It, it, it like kind of had the all shucks feel yeah. to him a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's time for them to move on. They need a new quarterback. Maybe, uh, maybe next. Maybe next year. Maybe they'll draft. Kenny Pickett this year or something. Anyway, any any chance any chance that any of these quarterbacks turn out to be franchise quarterbacks, and if so, which one has the highest chance? There's definitely a chance. Like I think Kenny Pickett, um, Malik Willis, just because of the physical tools, um, Sam Howell. Um, I think those three, like they have an outside shot. Like you know, they might each have a twenty percent chance, which is not nothing. You know. So they all have a better chance, probably. Those three, I think, probably all have a better chance than Daniel Jones did. 
<laughs> I, I for me i think i think matt corral has the highest oh yeah i forgot about him of anyone in to be a stud like an nfl franchise quarterback um mm-hmm. if, if you're gonna you can probably get him in second third round probably i haven't seen much of him going in the first round you can probably get him second or third round if you do want if you're if you have to have a quarterback that's probably who i'd throw the dice on I yeah think, um would probably be him because you probably get him like a little discounted Hmm. But yeah not convinced at all about any of these any of these quarterbacks this year yeah and this might bite me in the butt but i am completely out on desmond ritter as an nfl quarterback <laughs> did he not beat you bad enough and in, in well October? that's fair i'm just like you can you can you actually look me in the eye and tell me you think that he deserves to go in the first round no chance no no chance. and he probably will because that's the nfl anyway uh. <laughs> he might i don't know show bet? should we do a show bet? uh no i don't know that much about it i don't want to put any money on that but anyway anything else before we wrap this episode up that's it for me all right same for me everyone thank you for listening have a wonderful week try to not tear your hair out when you watch nfl draft and god bless you all